What is up, family? It's Dr. Dale, the author of How to Raise a Doctor and the author of Pre-Med Mondays. Both books available on Amazon.com, so make sure you grab your copies there. And you are listening to Black Men in White Coats, the place where black male clinicians have the platform to share our stories with individuals like you. Super excited about today's guest, but before we get into it, a couple of announcements. I want to remind you all about a webinar that DiverseMedicine.com is doing with SNMA. It's a four-week webinar, so for all of you who are applying to medical school this cycle or who wants to go to medical school, we're doing a four-week series every Wednesday for the next four Wednesdays that are going to walk you through the application process for medical school. I mean, we're going to actually go over the application. We're going to talk about the personal statement, talk about rec letters, talk about finances, all those things to make sure you all are ready to apply to medical school so you have the best shot of getting accepted. It's free, so I'm going to put the link down below in the description. Make sure you check it out. Second, I want to invite all of you to register with DiverseMedicine.com. We are building an excellent online community of individuals from diverse backgrounds who are either pursuing or already in the field of medicine. Doctors, pre-meds, pre-dents, dental students. We're building the online community for all that stuff. And you know, the, the primary reason is first to serve as a recruitment center. We want it to be places where, I mean, a place where schools can come and find students. That's the big thing, right? Because obviously you guys know I've been at this diversity thing for quite a quite a while now. And the struggle is schools will tell you they can't find people to recruit. Well, they're out there. Trust me, a lot of them are on diverse medicine waiting to be recruited. So you guys go ahead and join the sites, the pre-meds. You definitely need to be on there. Complete your profile. Send me a message to let me know that you joined the site because you heard it here on the Black Men and White Coast podcast. And get set up, man. The goal is to get you all recruited to medical school. We have recruiters on the site who are doing that. You're finding you guys are picking you out and communicating. I was super excited. We got an email yesterday from one of the people who are more active on the site. And she sent us a message saying, just got accepted to medical school. Super excited and tells where she's going. You know, that just made my day. I put the biggest smile on my face yesterday. I really needed that. And, uh, you know, it was just really, really good to see that success that comes from being a member of diversemedicine.com. So, uh, inviting physicians to join as well. So if you're a doctor, get on the site, help this, help the youth out, right? Post some stuff, share articles. We had, I know Dr. Kelso, who was our first guest on the podcast. He got on there last night, posted a couple things and, you know, get on there and encourage these students and, and get encouragement yourself and network with other people, right? This is the strongest online community for people in or pursuing careers in healthcare from diverse backgrounds. All right, enough of that. You got to hear to hear Dr. Emmanuel Chandler. Dr. Emmanuel Chandler. He is a pediatric and adolescent medicine physician. That means he takes care of kids, y'all. All right. I'm from Texas. I say y'all. Takes care of kids, y'all. From the little ones to the big ones, right? And he's got a great, great episode. I'll tell you why it's great. You guys know I do a lot of work that deals with parenting and parenting leaders because I think that all of this stuff about trying to become a doctor, trying to be successful in life, it starts with the parents. And honestly, I think that we don't take enough accountability as parents as we should for our children's success. So I do a lot of work that focuses on that. And I like the way Dr. Chandler talks about his upbringing and how his parents were so into it. Now, neither one of them are doctors, but they were so into it. They did the same thing my parents did. They went out and they learned about what it took for him to be successful academically. And I love that about his story. You'll hear some more about it um, here in this journey. Uh, one other thing I really, really love, but I'm going to tell you at the end of the show, I want you guys to go ahead and check out Dr. Chandler's episode. Check it out.
Hi, my name is Dr. Emmanuel Chandler, and I am a board-certified pediatrician and adolescent medicine physician, and I currently practice adolescent medicine in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I'm excited to be able to share my journey into medicine with all of you. So a little about myself is that I grew up in Greenville, South Carolina. I am the youngest of three children. I have an older brother and an older sister. My dad is a minister and also works for a manufacturing company. Excuse me. And my mom is uh, currently works in retail. And, you know, my parents really instilled in my siblings and I that the keys to success was number one, keeping God first and standing firmly in your faith. And number two was education. They believe that education can open many doors um, and open up many have open up many opportunities for us. So growing up, I remember that when I would come home from school, if I didn't have homework, my mom would make me sit down and read the dictionary. And I had to be able to give her three words that I learned from reading that dictionary and also had to be able to try to at least use those words in a sentence. You know, looking back, of course, at that point in my life, I didn't really understand why she was making me do this, but it really instilled in me the discipline and it put in me the discipline that I would need to become a physician. So it was around eight years old that I decided that I wanted to be a physician. Uh, I was sitting down watching television with my mom. It was the learning channel and there was an open heart surgery that was being displayed on this television show. I was in complete fascination and awe with the procedure. I knew, I, I believe I knew before the surgery that I saw that I wanted to be a doctor, but that's when I verbalized it to my parents. And of course, being the believers that we are and the Christians that we are, we believe that life and death are in the power of your tongue. And whatever you speak out of your mouth, you can, you can give it life. And then once you give it life, if you act on it, put the faith behind it, then you can't become what you speak. So because of that, we put into action, my, my parents and myself put into action the strategies to help me become a physician. And what I admire most about my parents is that even though we didn't have a blueprint of what becoming a physician will look like, because there's no one in my family. I'm the first person in my family to become a physician. There's nobody in the healthcare field. My parents took the opportunity to really learn what it meant for me or what it would take for me to become a doctor, how much schooling I would need to go to, what type of programs should I be enrolled in or should be involved in to help me understand the field of medicine. So I remember my mom taking me to a local hospital where I had opportunities to shadow different people in the medical field. It was physical therapists, it was pharmacists, it was nurses. Um, and I really had to understand what medicine looked like. So not only did I have the opportunity to do those things, but I think I was blessed to have a black pediatrician. His name was Dr. Charles Wittenberg. And I'm a firm believer that ha having people who look like you be visible definitely gives you the faith and belief to know that you can become what you set out to become. And him being my pediatrician and looking like me, I knew it was possible for me to become a physician. So things like this podcast where we are telling our stories is important for other black men, black females, other other underrepresented minorities to see that they can also become a become a physician. So did well in school, went through 
elementary school, middle school, high school, was successful, you know, did really well in my classwork. But the most, probably the, the most challenging thing or in school for me was bullying. I was bullied in school, mostly elementary school and middle school. And of course, bullying can have a, a vast effect on one's self-confidence and belief in oneself. And it definitely, it definitely affected my self-confidence and caused me to have some self-doubt about what I could do or what I could become. But having my faith in God, having supportive parents, having a supportive church family allowed me to get through that bullying, those difficult times. And still have to wrestle at times with self-doubt and self-confidence, but I have really learned that now who I am and who God has called me to be. And that really has helped me um, grow in the area of my life. So I went through school, graduated from high school, and then I decided to go to a university uh, back in South Carolina called Furman University. It's a small liberal arts university that was literally 30 minutes from my house. I had a great experience in college. I went to that school because uh, it had a proven track record of getting people into medical school. Um, and my opportunities that I had there were vast. It helped prepare me to be a well-rounded individual. But what I probably enjoyed most about my experience there was the connections that I made, not only the friendships that I made, but the connections I made with professors and mentors there. I remember I had a pre-med advisor, Dr. Laura Thompson, that really encouraged me during my time at Furman. Even though I was a good student, I had some trials and tribulations that took place for me at Furman. I remember in my sophomore year, I was taking a course that I thought I needed to um, apply to a certain medical school that I wanted to go to in Atlanta. The course that I was taking uh, was a calculus course, it was difficult. Math is not my strong suit. And so I struggled through that class. Ended up with the C minus, should have had a D, but by the grace of God and me going to see that professor every day to get help, I think he gave me a few extra points and allowed me to get a C minus. But even with that C minus, I was pretty devastated because I knew that my chances of getting into this certain medical school in Atlanta were shot. So discouraged. Talked to my, my parents about it. Of course, talked to Dr. Thompson about it. And she really was just a huge encourager and allowing me, allowing me to know that it wasn't the end, right? One grade is not in your chances of getting into medical school. There's multiple other medical schools you can go to. That one medical school is just one medical school. So don't give up. So took that to heart. Didn't give up. Went through medical school. Went through, excuse me, college. Got to my junior year, got ready to take the MCAT, did not do well with the MCAT or didn't do as well as I wanted to do on the MCAT. Score was not the best score. Didn't think it was good enough really for me to, or yeah, I didn't really think it was good enough for me to get into medical school. But, you know, went to Dr. Thompson. I talked to her once again, huge encourager, huge advocate for me and told me, you know, Emmanuel, do not give up because I had made a decision that I wasn't going to apply to medical school with this MCAT score that I would just, you know, start, I started looking at other programs like master programs in biology, post-baccalaureate programs. Cause I just like, I need to have a backup. 
I still want to be a physician, but I need to have a backup. And let me go just do a master's program, you know, do a little bit better, study for the MCAT and then try again. But she encouraged me, don't give up. She was like, you know, you have a great GPA, you have good extracurricular activities, you're well-rounded, so don't give up. So I didn't give up. I applied to medical school. I applied to five different medical schools. First letter I got back was a rejection letter. Didn't get in. Waited. Of course, for if your first rejection letter is a rejection letter, first letter that you get back from medical school is a rejection letter. You get discouraged, got discouraged, but held on to some faith that this is what God called me to do, that this was my purpose in life. And the next four letters I got back were all interviews. So I interviewed at four medical schools, got into two, got waitlisted at two. Was excited that I took the opportunity to really listen to Dr. Thompson and to not give up on my dream, even with the minor setbacks and self-doubt that I had because of my low, lower MCAT score, because of that grade that I struggled with in that calculus class. I'm glad I listened to other people who had faith in me and who were mentors and encouraged me along the way. And I think it's important to make sure that you find people and mentors who can really help you and encourage you along your journey in medicine. So graduated from Furman University, went on to the Medical University of South Carolina, thoroughly enjoyed my time in medicine. Um, I think I chose MUSC uh, or really MUSC kind of chose me. I flourished there, learned everything I needed to learn there. Of course, it's medical school, so I had difficult times. Coursework was hard, but I found other brothers and sisters there that really helped me get through medical school. If brothers like Dr. Dante Quachi, Dr. Desmond Sumter, Dr. Kenyatta Frazier, these brothers were in the trenches with me. I studied with them day in, day out. Uh, sisters like Dr. Shakara Johnson studied with her day in, day out, and they really got me through through medical school. Um, and I think it's important as you're going through medicine, if there's a me any, any medical students who are listening to this, that you find those people that who can get in the trenches with you, who can encourage you, you can encourage them as you guys go through go through medicine. So I went through medicine, got through medical school, graduated. Um, I'll take a step back is that when I was in medical school and I did some my uh, clinical rotations in my third and fourth year, I did have some struggles there with, once again, self-doubt and um, self-confidence. And once again, that those things of self-doubt and self-confidence raised its head back up from when I was younger about being bullied and, you know, of course, being afraid of what people may say or may think about me, especially in medical school, if I got the wrong answer, I didn't know what, didn't know an answer to what my attending was asking me. So a lot of times it would... I would damper or not answer questions on rounds because I was afraid that I may get it wrong. And then if I get it wrong, they're going to think I'm not smart enough, that I'm not good enough to be here. And I'm thankful that I had attendings and mentors who helped me get past that and 
really encouraged me that at some point you have to get past that fear, Emmanuel, and you have to speak up because you know the information, you know your patience, you have the knowledge, and you're supposed to be here. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of times we would encounter that that self-doubt and lack of self-confidence, but you could always have to remind yourself that you were meant to be here, that you didn't get this far in your career, this far into medical school, this far into wherever you are in your life without um, without God on your side or without the belief and faith of others in your capabilities. So I really had to get over that self-doubt and, self, and lack of self-confidence and begin, and begin to really speak up and make myself known and engage in the learning process in medicine, especially the clinical learning process. So then I went through medical school, got into residency. I did residency in pediatrics at the Medical University of South Carolina. So I stayed right there in Charleston, South Carolina and did my pediatrics training. Uh, residency, of course, is grueling for anybody, whether it's pediatrics or surgery or whatever you're going into. So it definitely had a cha- its challenges for me. I remember uh, my intern year, one of the challenges that I was in the ER um, and the ER really wasn't my thing. Didn't really want to do pediatric ER, but of course it's a required rotation that we have to have to go through. And I, for me, struggled because I just didn't like it, and I was trying to get used to the fast pace and the new process. The intern being there it was my second month as a as a resident, and I remember feeling like I chose the wrong institution to stay at. I should have went to another place with residency that I wasn't cut out for this. Once again, that self-doubt, that lack of self-confidence was raising his head. And I remember wanting to leave and uh, MUSC and go somewhere else. And I remember one night I had one shift that was just horrible. I said, didn't, didn't have a good night at all. I felt like the nurses were on my case. They were giving me a hard time. And I remember calling my then girlfriend, who's now my wife, who, just feeling really discouraged about what was happening. Um, But once again, having that support system in place, she encouraged me. We prayed together. um, And she reminded me that God did not bring you this far, Emmanuel, to leave you. Uh, You know, the Bible tells us that he will neither, uh, he won't forsake us nor leave us. Um, and he's always with us at all times. So I had to remind myself that I was purposed to be where I was and I was in the right place at the right time. And I remember having a excellent program director in residency who really encouraged me, really um, had my back and was a huge support system, Dr. Michael Southgate. I remember telling him how I thought about leaving and um, had such a hard time in the emergency room. And the first thing he said is that don't ever decide to leave this place without ever talking to me because you were meant to be here and we want to keep you here. And having someone have that faith and that belief in you was empowering. And it helped me to know that I was in the right place at the right time and that I was called to be in this residency program. So got through residency, had many opportunities to help improve the diversity of our residency program had opportunities to improve the diversity of our medical school. Um, our medical school was at the fore is one of the medical schools that was at the forefront of improving diversity, especially at predominantly white institutions. 
uh, my class when I graduated medical school had the largest, one of the largest number of black males coming through. There was 10 of us that graduated in my class, 10 black males, and there were eight black females. So we had a very large um, African-American student population. And then in residency, I had the opportunity to build on that and increase our diversity. Um, and then while I was in medical school, I really got involved in helping increase the pipeline of number of African-American men that were coming into into medicine. Um, was able to be a part of a program called A Gentleman and a Scholar that was started by six young black male physicians that were a year ahead of me in med school. And I was had the opportunity to become the advisor for this program when I was a resident and help continue to build the program and was able to mentor young men who wanted to go into the healthcare, healthcare field. And I really do feel like that's part of my purpose in life is to be able to mentor and be uh, a guide for other brothers and sisters out there who want to be in medicine. So did my residency, got into my fellowship program. You know, I have a strong did my fellowship program at Cincinnati Children's Hospital, where I'm at, uh, finished my adolescent medicine fellowship, and now I'm currently there as a faculty member um, in adolescent medicine. I've had many opportunities, um, great leadership opportunities. I am the medical director of our um, division. I also am the medical director of Hamilton County Juvenile Detention Center, where our department has a contract with Hamilton County to provide care for the youth in there. And I believe that I am where God has intended intended for me to be. But I didn't get here without having great mentors and a great support system and a great family to get me here. And I would encourage anyone that's wanting to come into medicine to make sure that number one, that you find the mentors and the people who have your best interests in mind that can get you and lay, get you where you want to be and lay out the blueprint for you and be a guide for you and be a sounding board for you. I think it's important to have these mentors, to have the support system in place, because there are going to be times where you will dis get discouraged. There are going to be some hardships. There are going to be some difficult times. But having that support system will be key in getting you to being um, a physician. I think... The next thing I would tell um, any young person that wants to become a physician is that you must stay the course. Don't give up. Don't stop. Keep going. You're going to, like I said, once again, you're going to encounter hardships. You're going to encounter hard times. But if you keep the faith and believe that you were purpose to do medicine, you were purpose to be a physician, you were purpose to help other people. Um, live a full and healthy life, then keeping that purpose in, in the back of your head will help you get through those tough times. And then I would encourage any parent that is out there, their, their child wants to be a physician, make sure that you do the research, do the work, find out what it, it will take for your child to become a doctor. Help them get in contact with other physicians and other people who can be a support system for them encourage them or help enroll them into programs that can open the doors for them and give them opportunities that may not be available to them otherwise that allows them to see medicine and what it really what it truly is 
So I hope this has helped someone. I hope this has provided, has provided encouragement to someone that you can be a physician. And my name is Emmanuel Chandler, and I am a black man in a white coat. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Chandler. Amazing episode with a capital A. Wonderful. Now, at the start, I told you there was one other thing that I really, really liked. And I liked how we talked about the power of the tongue. The power of the tongue and the things that you say come to fruition, they happen. And I like this whole idea is to, he said, you know, him and his family, they started talking about his success. They started talking about him becoming a physician because from an early age, eight years old, he knew he wanted to be a doctor. So they started talking about that, right? And that's powerful. I believe in that. I believe in the power of the tongue, setting expectations, speaking, and seeing things come to fruition, right? When you say it enough, you start to believe it. That's critical. But in the important thing, even beyond that, what I thought was really cool is that they began to strategize for success. Did you get that? As a family, they began to strategize together for his success. Now, that is big. Write that down. Write that down. They began to strategize for his success as a family. I just learned something, right? I haven't even really, I, I do that with my own children, but I, I, I don't do it. I wouldn't say I necessarily strategize together as a family. I have these things in my head and I'm going through things. I'm very intentional in what I'm telling my children and how I'm telling them the things I'm saying. And I have a plan in my head as to how to raise them to be successful. But I wouldn't say that I'm intentionally strategizing with my children. My, it, you know, my um, oldest will be eight here in a couple of months. After hearing Dr. Chandler's story, let's me know, hey, we can sit down and we can start to strategize this thing. doesn't mean, hey, you have to do this, you have to do that, but have a plan. Let them know we have a plan for your success and we're going to do everything we can to help you get there. Um, no matter what it is you decide to do, right? We'll have a plan for your success and we're going to strategize it. And, you know, when I think about the word strategize, I think about literally writing it down and seeing a plan that there's a strategy to. And I love that about Dr. Chandler's story. By far, easily my most favorite part of his journey is the fact that his family strategized for his success and boom, look at him now. Hashtag success. All right, fam. Thanks for listening to the episode. We'll have some other great stuff coming for you in the upcoming weeks. You know, we always got good stuff for you guys here. Make sure you click on the link below to register for the upcoming webinars, diversemedicine.com. Make sure you go there and you register, become a member of that community, complete your profile if you're a student and show up for these med schools, right? Show up for these postback programs we got on the site too. Do what you can to get recruited, you know, go all in, try to get into medical school, right? We're here to help you guys. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Shh.